So welcome to fourth episode of Glory Hunting Fans and I'm very happy to welcome Mihir to today's episode and to give a small introduction about him. Uh, I think I'm I've been following him since the time I joined Twitter, probably six years ago. And he's one of the few people I follow who dedicatedly follows multiple leagues and has quite a good uh, feedback about games and also about the current state. And he's one of the guys who is quite, uh, he's not driven by emotion. And if you look at his post, it's usually quite realistic. So welcome here. Thanks. Thanks for the lovely introduction. Yeah. So can you start with telling about what you do and uh, what do you, what are you doing now and what do you do for your work? So I stay in Mumbai and I work in a television channel called Star Sports. So I work in a team which is very different to what most people work. So I work in a team called Standards and Practices which looks at all the content that goes on air. So everything that goes on the sports channels has to go through us because the television guidelines, there are certain guidelines that have been given by the Home Ministry and these guidelines have to be followed very strictly. So once the programming teams produces content, it comes to us and if we find that something is inappropriate or if there's something that can see a complaint filed against the channel, then it's we have to tell them to change it or edit it at, or make the necessary changes. So essentially, we do the safeguarding job to ensure that the channel's integrity remains intact. Oh, that seems quite different to normal things. It's so, very different compared yeah. to most of the... And it's a very... While it's a challenging and exciting job, it's a very risky job as well because if we miss something, then we are essentially held responsible for it and we'll be in big trouble. Okay. So, so what do you guys do for live content? So for live content, obviously it's a and we this team comprises of forty people and we do for uh, English channels, Hindi channels, and sports. So sports in live, obviously we can't do anything, we can't change anything. So we follow the policy of prevention is better than cure. So all the experts, all the anchors, all the commentators, the directors, producers, everybody who are there. They are given a presentation, they are briefed before what are the do's, what are the don'ts, if a situation arises, how they can handle it, what they can do, we go take them through a presentation, we explain them everything with examples, then we have some activities for them and stuff like that, because the best we can do is actually prepare them, we can't, if it, something goes live, we expect them to make up for it, thankfully the rules are such that if something goes wrong in live, they won't hold us accountable, but they expect that we don't show any of that in repeat, so somebody abuses, there's profanity, there's violence, they expect that we are aware enough to not show that in repeats okay. so that essentially comes to us and we just prepare the people who are doing it live yeah i think i saw one of your pictures with john dykes that must have been yes, a really good experience it's a very odd thing to say that, you know, there are so many, because a lot of the shows are produced in-house and in the studios, so there are cricketers who come every day. So many people don't know John Dykes, but as one of he was one of the chief reasons why I started following football after obviously United. And he was one of the best anchors that I have seen, if not the best. So everyone was asking, you know, there are so many cricketers coming and you're not interested <laughs> or you don't have that much keenness in clicking pictures with them. Yeah. So why do you want to have a picture with John Dykes? 
and many people do, didn't understand why but he was a i used to enjoy him his anchoring and shows uh, he's not that frequent on premier league tv these days but it was a great experience for me to you know meet him in person and see him anchoring shows and stuff like that so that was fun yeah i remember when actually the football started and when i started following it in 2001 2002 he was the one who used to present the shows with few of those pundits i think they used to telecast it in singapore or somewhere uh but but he was so eloquent and as well as his knowledge of the game is was way above everyone who followed him so obviously he he holds the same respect in my eyes as well great so that was one reason that time they used to actually produce everything in singapore now all the uh, activities and production has moved from for star has moved from singapore to mumbai so everything happens in mumbai Okay. There is nothing that happens in in Singapore now. So, do you guys have something related to like Premier League shows where? So, Premier League. The thing was that now what happens is Premier League is for us. It's a third party content, so we okay. get all our you know stuff and everything from Premier League TV. PL TV provides us with the live feeds, all the shows and stuff like that, and we just have to. Tell, I mean, we just telecast them. so essentially it is a third party content for us and we don't produce anything we do certain weekly shows which are like more of recap of what happened in the premier league but we do get all the live telecast and the premier league world and all those shows that come they come to us directly from premier league tv okay no i was asking more in terms of when when clubs go and do live shows with some pundits being there is that something related to you guys or is that a separate show that Clubs so that we okay. do only for the properties that are owned by us. So we have uh, the Indian Super League, which is the local league here. Then Kabaddi, we do it only for those. For Premier League, we don't do anything. There are some activities that we do when you know Premier League comes to India and they have their own fan zone. So you had Alan Shearer coming yeah. a month back. So he was there in the studio. Then we did some, you know, there was some shoot with him where he was asked questions and stuff like that. So very rarely when some of these guys come to India. Yeah, there are some things that are done, but other than that, there's nothing happening. Nobody from here goes to the UK and you know does stuff. Okay, okay, and I see that you follow a lot of other leagues as well. Usually more of Bundesliga and correct, correct. So, and sometimes I've seen you post stuff about Serie A as well. So, so what drives you towards football? Like, what started it all? So I remember very vividly that 1998 in 1998 I used to watch only cricket and I was such a big cricket fan that even if there's a Zimbabwe versus Bangladesh match going on I used to watch the whole hundred overs <laughs> and I used to know exactly how many runs every player has played. Yeah. 1998 I remember my dad watching the World Cup which was happening in France and he used to watch uh, it late night one one thirty two so I didn't watch it very keenly but I used to watch some of the matches. thing that was my first taste actually of football when i somewhat started watching football then i remember in 99 2000 there was this match fixing scandal that happened where you had mohammad azharuddin hansi kronie and all these guys who were involved in it which was a huge shock 
and after that you know i kind of questioned myself saying that i enjoy this sport so much i love this sport so much and then when you see that some of it might be scripted and stuff like that you feel a bit shocked that oh what am i really watching and during that time we actually shifted to proper mumbai and i joined a school called don bosco now don bosco is a very very famous school when it comes to football it's be it keeps winning trophies year after year and football is like the currency there everybody knows follows football and supported a football club so that was actually what kind of drove me to you know said oh maybe i should also start watching football so that was the first time where i actually said that you know let us try watching this sport keenly not just maybe a world cup but i'll start watching it weekly and then most of the center the discussions used to center around football so you kind of felt like an outcast if you didn't watch football yeah i guess so that's the yeah, first stage of it yeah i guess the story with me is same as well the i was avid cricket fan as well i used to watch everything remember every stat just okay. just because you had to uh, when you were in school and that's how the the whole friend circle was and when i moved to school then suddenly i moved to a bigger city and then suddenly realized that oh cricket is no longer important or there was there were still i still had friends who followed cricket but there was a separate set of uh people in the in the class who followed football had different level of uh, engagement and in order to get mixed up and being part of the whole group i had to watch football as well i i can understand your uh, your story okay. there so uh at that time obviously it was just premier league that was telecasted that so Correct. i guess Correct. that's how that one of the big reasons why most of the people in india are you know they are either supporting united or arsenal or liverpool and stuff like that because that was the first league that was telecasted and that actually made it big as we discussed you had john dykes who used to be there and they were dedicated other leagues really didn't get i mean i think in the last 5 6 years the other leagues are getting a lot more coverage and stuff yeah so why united and not arsenal yeah i'll tell you the, the actual thing the first season i actually followed keenly was 2001-2 and that was the season when actually arsenal won the league uh, but there were two things one was uh, ever since 99-2000 when i follow uh, i was a, i used to like david beckham most of the people used to like back then and when i joined don bosco there were a lot of united fans so i'm not saying that that was the reason i started supporting but i kind of always wondered that why are so many people supporting one club then i started to read about the history you know the busby bates the 1968 european cup win then sir alex ferguson then that 99 treble and it all just felt so romantic that you know the club has such a great history built for from such great traditions and stuff like that so even though arsenal were actually the champions that year and they won the league at old trafford united just seemed more appealing at that time to me so that's why it was united and you know since the year the the support has just gone i mean grown bigger and i have just been become a more and more bigger fan so yeah um, i think it was similar to me as well i started following the same season the the difference Correct. to me was that uh, at that time probably it was more my situation in school where i moved to a new college and i felt new i i felt everything was new and somehow that tied a chord with united because 
it didn't feel like the guys were bullying others rather arsenal looked like a team who used to bully others brush people aside and win the games whereas united looked to me as somebody who worked harder to who who ran till the end and somehow achieved the result by sheer determination i think it's that part of the game that drove me towards it apart from the obvious fact that a lot of people followed them and the appeal of david beckham yeah that Both was the days united and arsenal were actually such big rivals yeah changed so much in the recent past yes uh, i remember even uh, if you a uh, few years later when actually chelsea became bigger there used to be those captions saying revolution versus evolution was the tagline on the espn and star saying that what's going to happen and we saw how things moved from then it was exciting times at that time so moving on so so in that first season or first few seasons who were your favorite players i have always david beckham was obviously one but one player i really loved at united and uh, i was very sad to see him leave was rude van nistelrooy i was one of his biggest fans and i was so happy when he actually came to united after what had happened the previous season he got injured the move fell off and once he joined i have been a big rude van nistelrooy fan and i think he was one of the best signings that we have made and i feel very i mean sometimes i do feel bad that we didn't win more in that period and our dominance started exactly the season after he left yeah. but i think he along with david beckham were two of my favorite players i was very disappointed to see both of them leave and obviously uh, if you are talking of all time then it has to be paul scholes but i think these two were the ones who my were like the first love of united and i was very sad to see both of them leave yeah uh, somehow i felt i i was slightly different at that point probably i liked players like solskjaer even though he didn't, didn't used to play games but he used to have that influence i wasn't aware of the 99 season at all when i started but whenever he used to come to play he used to have that influence apart from david beckham and somehow even when we signed veron i i felt so bad that he didn't work out because i liked what he did on the pitch so those are one of the few memories that i have when i started obviously everyone loves loves schools and i think he actually to... started supporting in probably the most uh, i won't say a bad period but probably the most disappointing period if you look at it post the 90s those four five years were probably the most disappointing period where we still won trophies but we weren't as dominant as before or as we became after that yeah i guess that's good because then we don't feel the same thing now because of the because of what happened last three years i completely agree with that i see many people most of the fans these days are you know so i mean people these days really don't have patience having seen those phases when you know we used to struggle against some really bad teams i remember losing to the likes of blackburn at home and we used to struggle against teams like watford and stuff like that so i think that has prepared me for this phase so since these last 3 4 years i kind of always get reminded of that and even though we are not doing well we are still winning trophies so that is some consolation at least yeah actually uh it makes such a big difference because if you talk to some i've been uh, very fortunate to travel to manchester and talk to people if you if you talk to people who have 
followed the team for longer you would see a different approach or a different mentality they are happy to being happy to be there they are happy to just be part of the team they don't expect much rather because they know how bad things could get following the team in 80s they are happy with whatever they get following united is more their part of the day or part of their life rather than what we what the newer generation do where we expect so much from club that's that's one of the biggest experience i experiences i had following united and going to old trafford and talking to people i'm not sure how easy it is for people following it away following following it from far to feel that one of the things also i like is if you listen to united we stand podcast the guys who actually sell the sell the magazine they go and talk about it so you you come to learn of a different part of united or the reason why people loved and followed united and why it's so such a big part of it always life. goes beyond just success i mean yeah. there are so many other things that come into it which is why whenever whenever we lose or whenever we have a bad season like we have had for the last couple of years i think it kind of you just are reminded of those things and you just realize that there are people who have seen the club get relegated in the yeah. 70s and you know have seen much worse days than we, we are now and we are such a big institution now both commercially and globally that you still think that at least we have the resources to get back on track so it's not like if we are struggling it's going to continue forever yeah. but there will be a period when we'll get things right and i think this season some way we have gone towards achieving that goal yeah uh, that's the that's the feeling i get talking to people even though everything isn't right at least people have that hope now that okay things can go into the right direction at least team is learning how to win and not being timid and give up like we did in last 3 years that's a good start so just changing topic uh, from that uh, i also see that uh, you i think have you traveled to italy to watch games i've seen you post uh, things like the stadiums you need to go and watch games in seria and stuff like that I have a, you know i have a bucket so i'll tell you how it started it's actually a very interesting story so 2001 as i told you i joined i went to shifted to proper mumbai i joined don bosco i started following football i started supporting united so 2003 me and one of my friends we said that you know what let's do one thing we have to make a bucket list and we have a dream from today that one day both of us together we'll go to old trafford and we'll watch united play it might happen in 3 years it might happen in 10 years it might happen after 50 years but it has to happen and thankfully 2013 november everything came together so 2013 rather in april or maybe decided that you know i think both of us can make this happen this year so we have to do it and then thankfully everything got done we could plan it in 2013 november both of us went to uk so we went to london we saw the stadiums wimbledon and we also saw united arsenal and we actually beat arsenal 1-0 with a van persie header and you won't believe that was probably the only highlight of the season the first season under david moyes after post fergie that was the only highlight of that season so we chose the right game yeah look at it in hindsight some people might say olympiakos was one of the other 
highlights yeah. yeah and you can believe the moment we came back the next two home games were everton newcastle we lost both <laughs> so yeah. that was a crazy and, season so that was 2013 and once you go there you experience the atmosphere you experience the fans you think that okay we have visited here but this is not enough we want to experience this every time so last year 2016 march april we went to spain to watch the champions league because my friend told me that you know we need to watch champions league game because the atmosphere excitement of watching a knockout champions league game is completely different so we were there in spain for one week and we saw four or five matches in seven days we saw valencia we saw real madrid versus i think it was ibar which was at the bernabeu and we saw two champions league games the first was real madrid wolfsburg where cristiano ronaldo scored a hat trick and the second was at the calderon where atletico beat barcelona 2-0 both of them went to the semi final so that excitement experience and going to a different country because spain's culture is very different to england language was an issue but england is a multi sport country in a way you have football you have cricket you have rugby spain is essentially the only thing that unites people in spain is soccer so the moment so we were traveling in a cab and the people in taxis are they are not listening to songs on the radio <laughs> they are listening to football news yeah. they are listening to live commentary and stuff like that so it was very easy for us to mingle with the people and see how they look at football and stuff like that and we actually were supporting real madrid and atletico and both of them won so since then we have decided that you know we are the lucky charm for for the team whichever team we support ends up winning so i have not been to italy that was i think the first thing you mentioned but italy and the allianz arena i mean munich these two things are still on my bucket list so these two things i we have to do rather so italy and germany are still there to be completed yeah not bad so, so i'm so hoping that we can do it sometime maybe in the next two or three years uh, waiting for you know for germany the thing with germany is that unlike say spain or england there are not that many big clubs in germany essentially it bottles down to just two and that is bayern munich and dortmund italy at least there are a few more things but italy you know there were some incidents when we were thinking of in 2015 about some violence and you know some lazio roma those sort of clubs there were some stabbing incidents and stuff like that so we decided to keep it on hold and decide maybe we can go sometime in the future but we want to do it in the next 3 or 4 years at least get everything done once actually you need to find seats in the right uh, fan section because one of my friend um, he lives in guwahati actually he wanted to do the same he wanted to watch a game uh, across europe so he came for a month so as part of that he went to the allianz arena but he ended up into the away fan and got beaten up oh god <laughs> no it wasn't much but just <laughs> they no, obviously were like you know have uh, you know ultras and all so that probably in england i think it the most civilized country in terms is england but in other countries there are ultras who are you know very extreme in their behavior and stuff like that so when we i had gone to united arsenal remember in a pub there were like 100 200 300 united fans and there were two arsenal fans yeah. who were guys got absolutely slaughtered for <laughs> chanting arsenal songs yeah but actually it was the like place there's one pub near old trafford yeah at pub yeah so they got slaughtered so i think you just need to have a check on yourself and obviously as you said you need to be in the right 
fans with the right fans in the right section also also it's not probably difficult because near every fan sorry near every club they separate out pubs as well so they have separate pub for home and away fans okay. it's, it's all about knowing where to end up if you end up okay. in the right place you'll have a great time yep correct yeah. keep that in mind next yeah. time also probably in seria it's only the lazio and roma thing which is scary i guess if you go to any other place the kind of situation there i think not heard of anything like that with regards to juventus or milan yeah. but if i want to when i go i want to do ac milan juventus inter and lazio roma at least these teams because you know these are uh, eventually the biggest teams and italy is a country i think which also has a lot of other things to see yeah. except football Yeah, so, we'll plan a long trip in Italy. Yeah. yeah, sounds good. And, yep. So, let's move on to the next section. And, so, so can you tell me, uh, did you find United the same what you expected when you traveled to Old Trafford or there were things that you get surprised by or things that you didn't expect? I will definitely I won't say I didn't expect but I was definitely surprised because when you watch a match thousands of miles away on TV it's very different to actually being there the first thing that actually surprised us was the passion and the craze of fans so you know we did not expect that they'll be chanting for 90 minutes at the top of their voice two or three hours before the game people will be standing outside the stadium waiting to welcome the team bus pubs will be full three hours before kick off people constantly chanting for 90 minutes uh, for two three hours before the match started and during the match so the whole atmosphere was because when you watch i have been to football matches in india local games while you know the atmosphere will be better i didn't expect that there will be such a huge difference and probably because of the fact that it was arsenal the atmosphere was yeah. even better as compared to this plus the whole uh, you know experience the quality of football everything the tension and we won that game 1-0 so you know constantly nobody was sitting in their seats yeah. everybody was just standing on the edge of their seats what will happen what will happen so the whole tension excitement atmosphere was a completely different experience and i also found the fans are very you know people were rather very cheery very helpful and very talkative so we came across at least eight or 10 fans like us who had come from belgium spain france who were just randomly chatting were very good to converse with and they had their stories to tell some of them were supporting united from before i was born from 1960s 70s and stuff like that so it was very good to interact with people from all over the world and to interact with people who actually watch games week in week out and who have been supporting united and staying in manchester for so long yeah i would say the same like yes probably if you travel every day or like every week it's slightly different also it helps if the game is a bigger one like if you if you are playing liverpool or arsenal or chelsea usually the atmosphere is much brighter because you and what would happen is most fans who have tickets turn up whereas if you have a game say like burnley or a west brom what end up having is fans give away their tickets to more of a tourist kind of people 
so atmosphere seems to go down a little and me and my friend were actually you know kind of saying that oh man wish we could stay here and watch every united game because you and we felt very odd that people actually give their tickets away because i think some of them who probably have a commuting problem for them it's fine but otherwise i mean we felt very jealous that oh wish we were just staying in manchester or anywhere nearby and we could watch every game at old trafford because it was a dream that got realized after around a decade yeah so that was yeah yeah I, i understand but it's more to do with the uh, united's uh, away ticket policies so what what happens in london is you could buy a home season ticket and away season ticket so okay. so there are lots of united uh, arsenal fans who just buy away season ticket because they know that away atmosphere is always good or they have similar people traveling elsewhere but for united what happens is only people who have been for had season ticket for 3 years can apply for away season, like tickets in the away games there is no concept oh. of away season ticket so what end up having is a lot of people hold season tickets because they don't want to lose the right to apply for aways so it's Correct. like the demand for home season tickets in united must be very very high compared to the number of seats available as well Uh, actually i'm not sure of that uh, yes okay. th- yes there is demand because when i applied for i had the same view that i i reached here in april and in may i applied and i got it so you you can surely get it it's probably better this time because we have a good vibe and probably there is more demand and probably during van gaal it wasn't so well and probably that's why i got it yeah, yeah. there are a lot of factors but yes uh if you really want to go and watch a match you can surely get tickets that's what i saw i think it's difficult for away games we want to do yeah, an away game because i have heard from game. many people that the atmosphere in away games even though there are only one or 2000 people is very very good yes. something very different and we most of the times may outsing the opposition fans despite being so little in number yes. i think you usually have 15 20000 people applying for tickets and probably 2000 of them get it so and these are the people who hold season ticket for more than 3 years so they are quite dedicated and they enjoy their time so it's much harder to for somebody else to get unless you know somebody who has an away ticket and wants to give you yeah okay yeah so that that's my opinion of it okay so moving on to the next part uh given how our team currently is if you had to get one ex united player who would make biggest impact to this team and you can't pick mr roy for this oh god i was going to say that but yeah, i know i know uh, because i had this question couple of two couple of people and everyone says mr roy so i'm knowingly keeping him out so okay fine so who do you think would make the most difference for to this team so i can think of two or three players but if there is one that from all the united players that i have seen who will definitely make a difference given the season we have had it has to be cristiano ronaldo for the simple reason that i don't think i mean compared to what many are saying that i don't think we have played badly i just think we lack that little bit of extra x factor and ruthlessness and if you take out van nistelrooy one player who i have seen who had that 
स्ट्रीक ऑफ स्कोरिंग क्रुशियल गोल्स स्कोरिंग गोल्स एंड बींग एबल टू स्कोर मल्टीपल गोल्स अपार्ट फ्रॉम अ पीक वेन रूनी वॉज डेफिनेटली क्रिस्टियानो रोनाल्डो वी लॉस्ट हिम टू अर्ली टू रियल मेड्रिड बट आई वुड डेफिनेटली गेट इम बैक आई थिंक वी वुड हैटलीस्ट एट और नाइन ऑफ दोज गेम्स विच वी एंडेड अप ड्रॉइंग इफ ही वुड हैव गॉट द नंबर ऑफ चांसेस दैट वी एक्चुअली क्रिएटेड इन दोज गेम्स सो हिट बाय फार आई थिंक वी आर pretty much sorted in the other departments i think we have created chances our midfield is pretty much all right defensively i think we were the second best team in the league so i think the other areas were pretty much taken care of just that we need to be a bit more ruthless in front of goal and currently in football there is nobody better than him at that yeah i i actually end up watching uh, games from spain after our games and the biggest thing that i feel is that Ronaldo and Messi take so many of their chances and if somebody keeps taking the first or second chance that they get it makes such a big difference to a team whereas if you know that your strikers are actually not converting it puts pressure to the midfield and defense to keep a clean sheet and play well so i i agree but i feel like the an, probably an 18 or 19 year old Wayne Rooney with that explosive speed would have made much bigger difference such ironic that currently that supplier everyone wants get rid of but i'll i'll add to that and say that and i think many people will agree that wayne rooney was by far the best teenager i saw in though my views on him have changed post 2010 whatever happened but i have never seen anybody who was as good as him as as a teenager i think he was by far the best talented teenager i saw it didn't quite i think he could have achieved more maybe but you know he was at 18 19 the phys- he had everything i mean he was quick he had the physique he had the the ability the stamina he could take free kicks he could head the ball he had everything and i think he was much better than ronaldo when both of them were teenagers yeah uh, there is no there is no questioning that fact anyways okay yeah fine yeah so moving on so we have seen this season because i had this discussion with different people at different parts of the season uh, and now that the season is over what do we actually think of our midfield in general because yes you said that okay our midfield is good but don't we lack numbers as such there because we seem most stretched in terms of people in midfield where i think that probably lack a little bit of depth Uh, but in terms of quality while you can say that certain players are maybe not meant or not good enough to play for united given the fact that we are now being managed by mourinho i think this is he has his proper midfielders you will never see jose mourinho have or want the technically best player in the world so he will not be if you don't give him a tony cruz or you don't give him a luka modric or iniesta he'll be fine he'll want people who are willing to do anything for him and that's exactly what felaini said yesterday that i am willing to do anything for him and that's the sort of players he like players like ander herrera who will do anything for who will do everything for 90 minutes they'll harass the opposition they will go into tackles and stuff like that so i think these three midfielders in addition to michael carrick right now it's good but given the fact that now we have qualified for the champions league and we will come up against much better teams i think we need one more quality addition in that to ensure that we can cope up with the increasing number of games yeah that's that's one part of it but 
what I was alluding was because we sold players, we sold two. Correct. Two but, yeah. Sold. So I personally think that the players we sold were not. I they were not in Mourinho's plans anyway. And Schweinsteiger, I really didn't consider. We lost Schneiderlin. I think we need a replacement for him. Yeah. Uh, because Pogba is somebody who is normally being used to playing with very good technical players. He was playing with the likes of Marquisio, likes of Pirlo and while Herrera and Fellaini are good, they are probably not on the same level. So, I think we need a replacement or an upgrade over Fellaini maybe. I still like him because I think he's got a lot of unfair and unnecessary stick. You will never see him complaining. Yes, he's limited, but you tell him to do something, he'll do it without saying anything. So, I like him, but I think we need somebody who can technically partner Pogba so that, you know, Pogba has can see more of the ball. We see very little possession in so many big games. Ajax, we had like 30% possession. So, we need to have more of the ball and that will only happen when we actually have a midfielder who is capable of rotating the ball to partner Pogba. So, I think we need at least one midfielder and then you can always put in the likes of Osu Mensa and we also have some very good youngsters coming up uh, to bet them in. A lot of them showed promise versus Crystal Palace. So, I think we do have youngsters but we need one really good addition. And do you think that uh, the injury to Zlatan caused the change in style? Because I don't I think, think United would have played the same way. For it uh, for a long time before that actually. You see, while I'm in the minority and I don't think Zlatan was... I mean, I personally think that we would probably have achieved this much in the league or maybe even better without Zlatan. Because while Zlatan has scored a lot of goals, I think he when he comes into your team, it becomes about Zlatan. It's more like everything goes around Zlatan. And without Zlatan, we have played more as a team. You know, everybody is contributing. Yeah. And while he scored goals, his pressing and stuff like that wasn't really good. So, I was always hoping that Mourinho plays Rashford up front and surrounds him with quicker players so that our style of play can change a bit. So, I am happy that we have changed that style. But I think from next season onwards, this needs to happen in all areas of the pitch. And we need to start attacking teams instead of dropping back. Because that strategy will be very good. Most of the games that we struggled this season came up against teams that are willing to you know, do exactly the opposite of what Ajax did. They won't attack us. They are willing to sit back and frustrate us. And we have got frustrated. So, we need a little bit more pressing. And unfortunately, the likes of Felai, Zlatan, I mean, these guys don't necessarily, or even a Mata, these guys don't have the speed or the ability to do that. So, we need to change that style and I think injury to Zlatan probably was eventually a good thing to happen. Yeah, but we scored two goals in open since he got uh, injured. Zlatan is one of the, you know, he's a very different player. He gives you goals, but he's somebody who will make the team very self-centric or rotating around. A good example is what happened at Inter Milan. You take Mourinho's first season at Inter Milan in 2008-9. They won the league. I think they won the cup also. But they lost in the Champions League and Zlatan scored 40 goals. Next season, Zlatan goes to Barcelona. Diego Milito comes in, Schneider comes in, players who are not Zlatan or who wouldn't have scored as many as him. But it helped them mould a more complete team. 
so it was not like we have one player and everything will happen through him but everybody started contributing milito scored half the number of goals zlatan did but as a team inter milan were much better so i think i am looking at it very similar zlatan whichever team he plays for will always give you goals but the functionality and the overall performance of the team will be affected that's the only thing that i have with zlatan even though he's one of the, or probably the best goal scorer except messi and ronaldo and what do you make of his contribution more in terms of leadership and taking taking ball when nobody is ready to take the ball surely there was some part of this united squad which used to struggle when it comes to a bigger stage till last season and i think everyone called out that this team needs more leaders more people who would probably come out and do things when nobody's like putting their foot in somewhere do you see some contribution to a large extent okay. and i think zatan is one of the persons it's not just him in fact the his impact can be felt by the fact that the likes of Kosu Mensah, Rashford, Martial all speak very highly of him of what he is contributing not just on the field of the field but i do think that there are I mean it even with zlatan we were struggling so more than leadership i think it's more down to the fact that we didn't learn the entire season of changing our tactics or what different we can do we kept trying the same things for 60 70 minutes if we can't score then you know put felaini as a forward and see if we can score well or so i think it was a lot to do with tactics more than leadership i think there is enough leadership though if we lose rooney as well as carrick the dressing room might be a bit different so you might we might need the likes of adigie or pogba to start stepping up or or maybe under herrera because many people are thinking that he will be the next captain and he making a very good case for it as well he is you know trying to marshal the troops on the pitch telling them what to do what not to do so i think leadership is not something that you can just expect that a player will you know start acting like like a leader one day but zlatan i would love to see him if he doesn't i would like to see him stay in a coaching role there were some rumors when he signed a contract that he might get into a coaching role that is a part of his contract so i think backroom staff he'll contribute a lot and we do need people like but i think there's that's not a problem for united leadership it comes from there are many players who are willing to step up at least i feel valencia herrera these guys are good enough that's what yeah i think that was the most positive part of this uh, end of the season uh, valencia surely has been such a reliable player on right side although he was struggling with the load of the work that he needed to do but if you look at more limited players as such everyone did more than expected whether it was rojo when he was fit or whether it was jones while he was playing with rojo or even darmian at the end part of it as long as they knew what the tactics was and they know how to keep it simple uh, they did the job well i think that was a good part about that inter team of second season of jose as well he knew that, the limitation of each player that sort of manager he is i think many people will probably you know say that oh marcial who is such a good player who was so good last season has struggled this season and you know who are these players that we are signing i think we have been linked with perisic but mourinho will always allude to the fact that look i have been in this business for 15 years now 
and my record speaks for itself so he is not a guardiola he is not a manager who will want technical players who will want his team to attack any other opposition any team he plays against he has his ways he has his methods and he trusts his players so even if you give him a limited player he will try to ensure that he can get the maximum possible out of that player and the fact that the player will probably have to sacrifice himself for the betterment of his team so you see so many players who why he doesn't start a martial why he starts a lingard because lingard works hard and you know he tracks back so he wants the entire team to function as one and not somebody who is playing for his personal goals or for himself so that's what i think people fans should know that that's what we are going to get with mourinho but at the same time he will ensure like he has done this season that you will get success you will get trophies whether it's pleasing whether it's not to watch the end result will always be trophies actually there are uh, people who think two different ways right he has people would say uh, did you enjoy it but lot of the times if you look at seasons in the past you end up remembering a season more for two things right either there are big uh occasion and somebody did something really amazing that you remember it for or you remember it for what was won by your team uh these small things like how chelsea won the season by grinding out results in the long term nobody remembers so in that way and yes and won the champions league i think yeah. that was one of the i mean i don't have a proper word for it it was yeah lucky and how they managed to win it 5 years later i still don't understand i don't think they deserve to win any of the ties that they won in the knockout stages but nobody talks about chelsea got so lucky yeah. and everything everybody just says yeah chelsea are the only london team to win the champions league so yeah, eventually nobody remembers and that's what mourinho is nobody will his inter milan team you look at what has happened at inter milan before and after that his inter milan team never really were a very good attacking force but they still managed to win the treble and post that they have pretty much become irrelevant i mean they have not won the league they have barely been relevant they are finishing 5th 6th every year so that's what you know mourinho is all about and while you might not remember the season for the some great goals we have scored some very good football you will always remember it saying that oh, we won this trophy in 2016-17 yeah and so what do you expect in summer given that given what we discussed it seems more like he 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 wants to get people who actually fit what he wants and irrespective of how big a name it is probably it makes more sense for him to get exactly type of player because if you look even if you look at chelsea uh, it's not the name of the player that made them win this season it's more a profile of player who fit the system like probably the marcus alonso who made such a big difference and i still feel that they missed him in that game against united so much because they didn't have an outlet on the left side even though jose has a good strategy but surely it it made him they it made chelsea a little less effective in that match in that match things coming to the uh, the summer one that i always look at and you know that history tells you is that jose mourinho peaks in his second season in football so porto won the champions league in his second season 
Chelsea won the double in his second season in his first spell in charge. Inter Milan won the treble in his second season. Real Madrid won the league in 2011-12. Chelsea again won the double a couple of years back in his second season. So I think what that suggests is he finds out what areas are where I need improvement. What are the weak areas in my team? Where I can improve? And I think he has already must have noted all that this season and he will exactly want what he... So, as we discussed, Inter Milan, second season, he got Milito, he got Schneider, he got those sort of players. Chelsea, second season, he got the likes of Fabregas, Diego Costa. So, he knows exactly what my team needs and more often than not, he gets it absolutely spot on in his second season. So, I'm expecting no different I am expecting us to buy at least three or four players in the summer and three or four really good players who will fit the profile that he wants perfectly and I am expecting us to have a very good next season when Mourinho has his players, his starting eleven, and things the way he wants. So, a good summer but I think it also depends on the departures because you have the futures of players like Digie which is um, still uncertain what, what will happen what won't happen but given the current squad I don't think he'll want to make, make mass changes because Rooney probably is already on his way out and Zlatan is also on his way out other than that I don't think he'll force anybody out unless somebody asks and he'll get in three or four players who can actually make a difference in all the weak areas particularly in attack yeah, the only thing which is probably bothering me for next season is the number of departures because uh, we know for sure that people like Young is leaving. He is probably end of his contract and he probably would be leaving. Then we have issues with the Wayne situation, the Carrick situation. Uh, on top of, uh, there are rumors about Smalling and... And we don't know what's happening with uh, with De Gea. I I told it's just that uh, it would have made sense if you sign three and four. I think even Edward Wood came out and so, said in I think in January or February that we are not gonna buy big and we're probably gonna make much less changes. It's just that if the number of departures are so big, how would the numbers work more in terms of the squad? I'm not so sure whether he would use youngsters so frequently he probably won't i agree with that he might not and that's not something that while it has been a tradition at united it's not something that can be enforced upon him but looking at the way rashford has been contributing especially towards the end of the season and some other players the way they performed against crystal palace the the promise that Tunzabe showed. I think there is some future for these guys. Whether it comes this season or no, we have to see. But I think there is some promise that these guys have shown basis which they will at least get some minutes. And coming to the concern that you have about a number of players leaving, one thing that first season Borinho can't be doubted is the signings. I think some of them can do better. But unlike what happened under uh, Van Gaal, I think none of our signings has been a flop or has disappointed completely. Yeah. Pogba has been decent. He can do better, but he's been decent. Uh, Mikitarian particularly in the Europa League, has scored really crucial goals. He can contribute more in the league, but he's done well. Zlatan did well. 
and Eric Bai was without doubt the best of those signings who looks really, really good for a 23-year-old. So, I think you we can't doubt Mourinho's track record with his signings. He gets it spot on. So, I'm very sure that he will, even if he lose 5-6 players, he'll ensure that we have a squad that can compete in on all fronts. And that's one area that thankfully I'm not worried about. Okay, that, that's good to know that at least somebody's not worried. That's that's fine <laughs> because we can't do anything about it anyways. Correct. Because there are going to be lots and lots of rumors and I don't think most of the rumors would be true if we know the last season Jose probably have something quite different in his mind and not going after big names and I'm, I really, really, really hope that that James Rodriguez thinks of just rumors. No, he will, as as I told you, he will go only after those players who, now that he knows his squad, uh, his second season success clearly states that the first season he essentially finds out where the faults in his squad lie. And we do have some faults or we do have areas where we can get improvements. Example, you know, centre-back position. We have Eric Bai take him out. He's been superb. Roho is out for the whole year so he's also out now that leaves us with the likes of Smalling Jones while they have given some good performances and a period in the season Jones was very good in a couple of, for a couple of months in November December Smalling was very good in the Europa League final these guys can't be trusted to do the job week in week out so I'm very sure that Mourinho will know this and he will decide whether he can trust them enough for a season or whether he needs to sell somebody and get somebody in so I think that way we will be sorted and he will get the right profiles now that he's had a season to understand all of them. Okay. So, just moving away from United and just discussing something else. So, what did you make of Pep Guardiola or in general? Because there was so much hype at the start of the season that he's going I to... rate, you know, there's a lot of Mourinho, Guardiola and the rivalry. So, I have always believed that, you know, while Guardiola is a really good manager, his previous spells at Barcelona and Bayern Munich made him probably look better than he is. And the Premier League is not the sort of league where uh, you can just come in and say that, you know, I play in this way, so this is how I'm going to do and this will work. One, he didn't have the players at City to do what he likes, the way he likes to play. And the Premier League is very different. If teams know that, the only way to stop you is by kicking you around. Premier League teams will happily do that. They won't stop doing that. So, I think he's been taken aback by the competitiveness of the league, which will, they have already made a signing. They are in talks to sign more players. So, they will try and address it. But I think it has been a disappointing season for City without doubt. I mean, when you see even Arsenal won a trophy. So, for City to end up empty-handed when they were considered as the favourites to win at least one trophy, they'll be disappointed by that. But it also makes them doubly dangerous for next season because they will want to get things right and they'll spend big in the summer and get at least five or six really good players. Yeah, I think because they are losing a lot of players because of their contracts. Like I think the whole defence and the wing-backs are going to change and probably is going to buy somebody big anyways. So, yeah, it'll be exciting to see how he changes because one thing was exciting was at least at the end of the season he was quite humble when he said that, okay, 
there are things that I need to change. So that was good. So it'll be exciting to see how he adapts next next year as well. Uh, what do you make of Klopp? I have always believed that he's a he's a very good manager when it comes to you know getting his players and telling him. So if you give him a bunch of players, he will get the best out of them. But the thing is, to win trophies, you need more than that. His final record speaks for itself. They have lost what he lost five finals in a row. So he is a good manager. But if you want to win trophies. Particularly cups, I think you need to have a different mentality, and he unfortunately doesn't have that. Also, with regards to Liverpool, the other problem is that I don't think they can attract the real big name. You talk about a Griezmann or maybe a Pogba or maybe some of the players Chelsea might sign or City might sign. I don't think Liverpool have the ability to attract those sort of players. So he'll always be working with a bunch of players who are not really. you know as good as the players at city or chelsea and that quality difference might eventually be found out like this season you saw till december they were in running for the league title then one injury and a bit of a fixture congestion later they were barely fighting for fourth so the style of play is such that if he doesn't have enough quality players will tire out in the second half of the season and i don't think all players in except in attack coutinho and firmino except those three or four players their squad really isn't great you look at the defense you look at their midfield i think it's average at best and it's not really good so they really need to have a, a really good summer to challenge next season in addition to that people forget that they have not actually qualified for the champions league yeah they have qualified for the qualifier in the champions league given the quality of teams this can go either way they can if they get a really good team they can probably the third place team in serie a for example if they get a napoli or maybe somebody like that they can probably go out in that competition so it's a big but i don't see liverpool as a threat for next season i think the threat will mostly come from the likes of chelsea and city particularly city given the way they had this season Yeah, I, I I feel the same. The only thing I feel like probably Conte would have the same sort of uh, uh, exp- experience with their players. What Jose had after winning the league, where they go into their shell and come out. I'm not sure he will let them do it, but it will be exciting to see how he manages his squad after actually winning it. Also, Conte. Yeah, uh, Conte's cup record is, as you are aware, is not very good. Yeah. His Champions League record is very poor. Uh, he's not made. I mean, once they made the round of 16 or quarterfinals, but they have been knocked out in the group stages. So I think his management of the squad will be tested. How he rotates and how he can manage both the leagues. So I think next season for Liverpool and Chelsea might be a bit of a reality check and very different from what we saw this season. Yeah, let's hope we do uh, better than this season, and surely there is there are all incentive to incentives to do so. And closing down this discussion, if if you were in Jose's shoes, and if you had to buy a couple of players, who would be in your shopping list? Who would be in my shopping list? Now this is a very difficult one. 
but given so i won't go beyond uh, what the rumors say but and i think that it's always good to so griezmann would definitely be on my list because i believe that he's one of the best players in the world and we need a direct attacking outlet somebody who can create chances somebody who can score his scoring record speaks for itself so while his price is definitely steep 100 million euros is not uh, a, a very cheap price i think he's worth the money and also the fact that we have the likes of pogba who i think can develop an understanding with him so he would definitely be the main target like it appears is the case the second would be a center back um, i many people are not happy with michael keane i think maybe that won't be a bad signing particularly for 18 20 million for two reasons one mourinho has the ability to sort his defense out you don't give him even if you don't give him world class defenders he'll still ensure that he can get something out of them so i don't think it'll be a bad signing and he's also a very realistic target so either him or lindelof from benfica who we were linked with in january either of those would be perfect then a left back uh, so i'll go with uh, benjamin mendy who is the left back of monaco because he is very a very good crosser one of our problems this season also was that our full backs didn't really create as many chances particularly on the left hand side whether it was darby or whether it was shaw whether it was blind we could have uh, created more from the flanks the full backs so he would be the third target and then fourth would be a midfielder so i think uh, there are many choices here but i like fabinho because he is i think the perfect midfielder for united he is very intelligent he can break up play he can make forward runs and he would be a really good option to have so that would be the four key players that i would target besides that it depends on if anybody is leaving so for example if uh, your degay is leaving then we might need a goalkeeper so yan oblak of atletico madrid is a really good goalkeeper i think except noyer and degay he is probably the third best goalkeeper in the world so i think four, three or four key signings will be a must other than that i think we are sorted and the rest of the squad is pretty good because champions league and premier league is a good combination champions premier league and europa league is a bad combination because i have never seen a team that can cope up with both whether it's tottenham or whether it's somebody else every team that is in the europa league struggles in the premier league so i think we are very it was a good thing that we won the europa league we we'll find it much easier in our league games next season yeah uh, i think it's just uh... the continuous games and the insistence of premier league not to reschedule games to help people actually makes it harder as well uh, i think i think it's only going to get worse because i think starting next year they you have friday night games as well so the scheduling is going to be a pain for everyone in premier league so it's better to have saturday wednesday schedule the only thing which i'm going to add is I thought United would look for somebody to fit the right midfield situation because if you look purely from the wingers perspective we lack numbers because even if you consider that okay Martial plays and uh, Mkhitaryan and Lingard adds to it we surely lack somebody who is specialist that, right wing that close I think today we have been linked with uh, Perisic though he isn't a right midfielder 
he can he plays on the left but yeah that is another uh, option that so maybe that is one area that we are targeting as because if we lose both Rooney and Zlatan yeah. then Mourinho might think that we United don't just need a stri- a proper attacker but he'll also want a winger and he will want a striker so we might see two attacking players signed instead of one yeah I think that's where the whole links with Belotti probably makes sense. Correct. Um, but again, he's also got a hundred yes. million buyout clause. Yeah. So, we let spending two hundred million on just two players. Not that it's a problem for United. We can easily manage that. Yeah. But I don't think that we spend hundred million on somebody like Belotti. And the, his club seems to be pretty reluctant to you know let him go for anything less than that. Yeah. So, very exciting summer awaits. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I feel the same and I think we are hitting, we almost crossed one hour. Uh, I didn't even realize it was so long. It was nice having this discussion with you. And yeah, I hope it was we great get to, to be and great to talk to somebody about all the experiences and was good to know your inputs and how you started supporting and stuff like that as well. So, thanks. Yeah, I think that's a whole part of me doing it. I wanted to talk to more people, share experiences and understand the feelings that I have and how other people uh, react to it and stuff like that. So it was really nice talking to you and I hope we get to do it again. And and I know that you are planning to come to uh, Manchester to watch a game. I hope we get to meet, at, meet then as well. Definitely. We'll catch up for sure then and thanks for having me. Yep. Thank you. Have a nice day. Bye. Bye.